You're listening to Glowing Older, the podcast that goes deep with the experts shaping senior living. A big thank you to our season five sponsor, Senior Trade Media. Resources and insights for the business of aging well. Sign up for the bi-monthly Senior Trade Brief at SeniorTradeBlog.com slash subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older Podcast, where we interview experts on innovation in senior living. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin, and I'm pleased to be here today with Eric Peterson, the founder of Seniors for Seniors, and Professor Jason Powell, Associate Dean, Scholars School System, and VP of Seniors for Seniors. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Nancy. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you both. Um, Before we dig into the Seniors for Seniors program, could you each tell us about your background? Eric, I'll ask you first. Tell us how you got your start in, in the field. All right. A few years back, I was actually going to college online, and I saw a senior living post for a senior living community that was opening up. And my first thought was, I've always enjoyed that interaction I've had with those senior adults when I was a youth working as a in the grocery store or being serving them. And I thought, my passion has always been with serving people. So I thought, why not try it? So as he said, apply online and go in person to tell me about an interview. So I actually applied that evening. Next morning, we went to Brad and early and said, hey, I want an interview. And I got position and I did that for about three years and I transitioned into senior care at home so I'm doing it now part-time. Excellent. And what about you, Jason? You have so many degrees that it would take me five minutes to name them all. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. That's very kind. Um, basically, um, my background is very much based on a concept called the personal is the political. And what I mean by that is, is that um, about 30 years ago, my grandmother's experiences of residential care um, made give, gave me a lot of sorts of questions with regard to her experiences. Um, and in the UK in particular at that time, there wasn't much visibility with regard to older people's experiences of residential care. But obviously there were some issues to do with loneliness and social isolation. And I was trying to look at different ways and means by which we can address that um, in terms of, say, for example, institutional care at that time. And obviously, um, it probed my intellectual curiosity to become an academic. Um, And obviously, from that, I've done substantial research um, in the UK and internationally in order to try and make sense of loneliness and social isolation, but in the context of bringing different age groups together across the life course. Um, but that is very much where, where, where my background was very much instigated from, which is very much a, a family experience from the past that's driven my passion to where I am today. Oh, it's such a wonderful story. And I know um, in reading about um, how you guys met, you met on LinkedIn. Uh, before we dig into that relationship, Eric, tell us what was the kernel of the idea for Seniors for Seniors? How did you get it launched and where are you today? Back in about, oh, I'll say maybe 2019, 18, I'm not good at dates, but a while back I was, as I mentioned before, I was in senior care and I was daily taking care of these, the residents there. And 
anybody could test, you know, working with people, you with short people, you learn to love them. It's just something happens. It just can't get avoided. So, but I was seeing daily, you know, these individuals were challenged by physical limitations to being away from their families to different very factors. So I asked them, you know, someone I got close to and asked them like, you know, what's your biggest challenge being here? Or, you know, the hardest thing about being away from your family. And long story short, I found what we came down to was the connections. You know, the other times when they're in the queer, they, the most value, I think we all have that same problem too, is we value ourselves what we do a lot of them is what we do for a job. And then two of them, they listen to their families or they're, they said they didn't have a friend, have a loved them get niche in your care and they moved in with a family member or they didn't expect to have an illness or an accident. The sister simply is falling down and breaking your foot. So I thought about, said, I want to do something, you know, I want something about it because I saw all the, Senior in the community, I was looking for like great programs. They had they were engaging with the senior adults and they were entertaining. They really were. They they enjoyed themselves. But it was always for my I have to say it was entertainment based. After they were doing their activities, they will go back to their rooms or they go back to their common areas or they go back to where they were before. And I wanted to do something about it. So I thought monks among Learning on the road, and then that is seniors. For seniors, came to me, cooking high school kids. Now I want service hours or design service hours. And some kids, if I'm living out now, require service hours to graduate to go with high school kids with senior adults. Particularly in queer interests is our goal. So if we have a dentist, we want to be a dentist with a retired dentist, connect them together to isolate some illness or just common interests. And then Thought about some more than that. A friend that worked at high school, I asked him, you know, that is, hey, Michael, what do you think of this idea? He told me about the service hours respect. I had no idea that that even existed because I didn't grow up in Colorado. So I eventually got down to my executive director, told her what was, my plan was, she was very supportive, and we got to things going. And then her activities coordinator in taking a broader position in the company as executive director. So she went to there and seems kind of backed up a little bit. And then we had another great executive on executive director came in. We got things going for quite, things getting a little bit. We actually were getting the last stages of getting things approved by the company, the regional representatives and the COVID happened. So we transitioned down to, our idea was first face-to-face interactions, of course. That's the ideal leader of focus, but and first, when COVID happened, we're thinking, okay, what are we going to do? And then we thought, we these virtually like we are now, on the telephone or virtual by means like virtual chat. So that, so that's where we are now. We actually went transition down to meeting with people, like different people. And now we actually had 30 kids sign up at the beginning of the school year. And we have some kids signed up and they are connected with senior adults and some aren't and some are waiting. So we're now we're talking to people in the United States, talking to some people in Canada. So it's been going kind of teeter-totter right now, but it's moving, but I think a lot of people on the wall of not want to overcommit or undercommit. 
So I think this walls are starting to break down a little bit, but that's the only way we are now. We're kind of, that's in the early stages. We are and we're not in the early stages. It's kind of the in-between. Yeah, and it seems like it has the opportunity. Clearly, COVID just hit the industry so hard. It's it's hard to even judge where you would be today had that not happened. But um, it, it's nice to see that, um, firstly, that you could pivot a little bit to the digital. And, and secondly, what I love about your program is that uh, that the the seniors get something back from um, from the mentors. So Jason, I know you saw this online and you were very much attracted to the program so much that you joined. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, obviously, um, w- one of the things in the UK, which is um, a big gap, as it were, um, is about looking at different ways and means by which younger people and older people can be brought together. Um, there's much intergenerational distrust. Um, and obviously, that's about, about trying to break down barriers between the concepts of us and them. So when I saw um, Eric's path-breaking work in, in America, in Colorado, um, about making meaningful connections in the context of younger people working with older people in the context of service and young and older people provide mentorship, it was quite transformational for me. Um, and it was something that I wanted to actively sort of participate, actively get involved. So I got in touch with Eric, um, and obviously we've, we've built a very strong relationship ever since. Um, but the mission statement in terms of making meaningful connections in order to enhance the quality of life of older people on the one hand, and on the other hand, provide transformational education for younger people in terms of service, was, was something that was literally so innovative that I thought to myself, this is something I'd like to be a part of. Um, and I was very, very with great humility, um, proud that I was a, an initially invited as a, a distinguished honorary fellow. Um, then I became a board member and vice president, and I've been exceptionally proud to be affiliated with regards to the Seniors for Seniors program, given that its transformational vision is about enhancing the quality of life of different groups across the life course, but literally giving meaning to the concept of meaning itself in terms of meaningful connections. Um, And and that sense of humanity um, in terms of how younger people were, you know, say, for example, provide service to older people, but actually listening to older people in terms of their rich tapestries of history and learning lessons from them, was such a compelling vision um, that obviously it attracted me to the innovation and and leadership, community leadership that Eric was was was, was literally um, creating in terms of his, his his original idea that that he put into practice with regard to creating seniors for seniors, and for that particular purpose, it is path breaking, and obviously I've disseminated seniors for seniors quite globally to many of my contacts with regard to saying this is quite a transformational program that you should learn and listen from. Um, And obviously Eric's been a path breaker to that. And obviously I've learned a number of things from not just the cultivation of um, seniors for seniors, but from, from Eric personally, his passion, his commitment, his insight, his innovation. Um, And being part of that is truly, I'm blessed. That's so wonderful. So what are some of the initiatives that you see being crucial to growing this uh, 
it, it sounds like there's a tremendous opportunity in the United States, of course, internationally, but h- how does this roll out? Which, who to answer that one, Nancy, me or, me or Eric? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's uh, your choice, guys. Okay, I, I'm going to mention a little th- few things and Jason can hop in anytime he wants because Jason will tell you, I'm a talker. So, well, the first thing we do, we have these interactions. So we have a youth signs up from the school or on our own. We have them throw a questionnaire out and we want to know that their interests are. And then they don't necessarily have an occupational interest yet. Like I know in high school, I didn't. And we'll see what they do on the outside, what they do on the outside and get to know, kind of to know who the person is inside and out. And we also have a safety expectation form we have them fill out. Now we want the high caliber or connection. So we want to make sure that this is one hundred safe for the senior as well as for the youth. Because we want this to be a, a job experience, not just doing these service hours required or a limitation of how long we could do this. I want this to be a lifetime friendship. And then we have the same thing from the senior adults. We ask them to sit this petition form. We have them perform about by themselves what they did as a queer or have experienced queer that we're in. As we, we collect this gathering information, we say, okay, I see Jason is covered with Eric. Eric is covered with Jason. And I'll give him on a conference call. And that's what's and then say, hey, Eric, this is Jason. Jason, this is Eric. And from there, at the youth learn to work with the senior adult as a mentor to coordinate times of me. Usually about four or five minutes to an hour a week, or depending on what works for the senior or works for the adult, high school student. And that's another learning experience they have too. They have to, the youth needs to learn how to manage their schedule with another person. And then some too, the whole process is just to tell you we're there for them as a tool, but we want them to be there for each other to learn together as well as to experience this time together. Because as we all know, we learn from each other. As always, I'm sure people, this is a rich experience for every individual involved. Do you see technology enabling this to scale, Jason? Um, yes, definitely. Um, obviously, t- technology is becoming um, much more embedded within within society, um, and obviously, um, you know, te- technology is is one way. Obviously, under the COVID culture at the moment, um, in terms of making meaningful connections as best as possible, especially where people feel socially isolated. Um, you know, say for example, within particular, say for example, within the UK in particular. In many care homes, there's obviously there's been sort of many sorts of headlines with regard to people who couldn't visit older people in care homes and have no visits or even have any interaction with the outside world. So to have the opportunity to engage in technology where younger people can engage with them and literally just have conversations in the context of different themes. So say, for example, you know, older people could talk about, you know, what it meant to be a younger person during the Second World War and what were the lessons that they learned in terms of being a younger person. So then the younger person gets to gets to understand and appreciate, as it were, what it actually meant to be a younger person many years ago um, from that mentorship from that older person. Similarly, older people have got much to learn from younger people through technology, as it were, um, you know, with regard to, 
you know, the, the, the different types of ways and means by which older people can interact with, 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 for example, say their own family members, or for example, say other older with with other older people. So I guess what I'm saying is, it's, as Eric said, it's a two-way process. Technology is one aspect, but I guess in a post-COVID world as well. Um, hopefully, where vaccinations are going to be more pro- prominent throughout the whole population, um, you know, we'll, we'll start to see much more. As you know, how can I put it? It's supplemented, as it were, by sort of much more, maybe socially distanced, but much more sort of face-to-face interactions. Um, and obviously, that is also about about a new knowledge base. So rather than having in the past issues to do with intergenerational distrust between different groups. Um, as, as Carol Estes' work has highlighted in um, gerontology, um, what we're starting to see, what Seniors for Seniors is highlighting, are actually the bonds that are created through creating what could be called intergenerational trust. Um, and obviously, there's different features in terms of how that trust is built and capacity building and giving back is the central concept there in terms of volunteering. Um that obviously gives that authenticity to um, seniors for seniors. So technology is really important, but at the same time, obviously, as we go forward in the future with vaccinations, um, face-to-face is going to become more important. But bringing younger people and older people together in terms of bonds of trust um, is, is, is also equally important, especially in other cultures, um, especially, say, for example, within the UK, um, where in certain areas of social deprivation, there are issues of... Of, of, of distrust that exists between different populational groups. So breaking those down and breaking those barriers down and utilising seniors for seniors as, as, a, as a fantastic case study obviously highlights different transformative ways by which actually we're all human beings. We all can learn from each other and we can all respect each other. And, and, and accordingly, you know, that obviously drives society. Um, and that that's the gift of seniors for seniors and why it's so compelling. Well, and I can see why you guys are great partners because um, because Eric's in the thick of it day to day in the senior living, seeing the issues. And you you seem you have this amazingly broad perspective that's more about public health and fighting mental uh, health issues uh, that that scans much longer, much larger than just the senior living industry. Correct. That's correct, yeah. And and then how that intersects with the senior living industry as well. So as you're right, there are all those different themes, but they all impact and, and sort of articulate with, with senior living. But you're right, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Nancy. Yeah, that's correct. And so Eric, um, being a, a senior living guy and having founded this unique nonprofit, um, what are you seeing as some of the broader trends in the senior living industry, especially given the pandemic the past year? I'm not as much in it as I was before, but one thing I noticed when I, I was there when the COVID happened and after that senior living community in July, but as these were going on, we actually were doing virtual phone calls with the doctors like we are doing now. We, have a, we get an iPad out and then the doctor might just need to see a patient and I was in, I was in dementia care and they were doing these visitations with these with the doctor talking to him or evaluating how they were feeling. Because like, I was a medication aid, I was able to do the, you know, check the bottles for the doctor and then I could tell them how their behavior was. So I think a lot of the twins are virtual, you know, it's like 
you know, at first, like I said before, the COVID happened, I was like, I was a bit in shock for a second. Coming to the COVID brought so many blessings that I didn't even think about going virtual. Like, I never knew much about Zoom at all until the COVID happened. I wouldn't. So I think that, you know, I think technology, Jason mentioned too a little bit, I think technology is going to be more and more part of getting things done more efficiently. You know, like doctors have to wait for people to come to his office that has not been able to do because they're physically, you know, have senior adults that's physically ill enough that they don't feel they could go in because they're physically they don't have the strength to do so, the wavy weather. Those limitations that are farm that we always had in front of us before, I think you're going farther and farther down because yeah, the, you know, the doctors doesn't have to be there in person as much. Oh, for sure. Both in the aging in place services and in senior living, telehealth has exploded. And along with that, the isolation and loneliness that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Jason. So I, I know um, ageism is is something that the um, the UK has been tackling uh, as a nation, and it's a big issue in senior living. Um, do you do you see ageism uh, issues uh, coming in your in your work with seniors for seniors? I, I see it in the context of ageism um, exists in terms of, for example, sake um, in the UK in terms of residential care. Um, and when I say that, it is about the idea that older people seem to have been at one level seem to have been a forgotten population or a hidden population whilst there is an aging population, and that's the irony. So there might be more more and more people living longer, and yet there's still a hidden population within care homes and not necessarily treated in the same way as other populations. So ageism still, you know, plays a key part with regard to unwarranted stereotypes about older people. But at the same time, it's been tackled with regard to age-friendly communities and the creation of independent care um, and independent living, but obviously, the, the, the at the same time as you have that, you have what could be called no care zones. And within no care zones, in, in, in for example, say some care homes in the UK, um, you know, older people have been left with regard to the issue of social isolation. So, how do we overcome that? How do we overcome loneliness? And obviously, the vision and practice of seniors for seniors is one is one transformative way, as it were. With, with regard to bringing different types of groups across the life course together in terms of mentorship, coaching, what lessons from history can we learn, what lessons from the present can we learn from each other. And obviously that develops self-confidence, self-esteem, capacity building skills. And, and obviously then is also about the most important aspect of all, valuing people that actually older people and younger people are actually people themselves um, with needs and aspirations. Um, irrespective of age, and it's bringing those groups together in, in accordance with the common bond, which is very much about learning from each other. And that then attacks the foundations of ageism, um, which is obviously a constant issue for, well, for myself as a researcher, but also as a human being, um, because you don't like to see any, any um, form of discrimination against any group. But Seniors for Seniors tries to turn that on its head by giving back in terms of community leadership between younger people and older people um, 
through its through its um, program and obviously internationally. I'm trying to promote it as best as I can internationally um, with regard to its vision and mission. Um, and obviously that then helps to sort of transform the different ways and means by which we look at the contribution that older people can give to society. And that is so important um, in, in the context of valuing their contribution. And equally, what younger people themselves, in terms of service, can, can learn from older people and what older people then, in turn, can learn back from younger people, building the foundations of trust. Especially, and uh, ageism goes both ways. So younger people can be discriminated against just, just as much and marginalized. Of course, um, I agree with that. And yeah, it is absolutely. a tender. High school is a, is a hard time. They're going out into the world. So I think it's an especially poignant time. A, a, and a, a great name, obviously, Seniors for Seniors is kind of brilliant for a name. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Definitely. <laughs> Interconnected perfectly. Yes. So, Eric, what gets you most excited these days? I was thinking about how this program, of, you know, developing more and more every day, that the the infrastructure that's laid out for the, you know, make it successful has already been done for us. You know, the Zoom's already been, been made up. The Internet's already been made up. You know, the telephone's already been made up. And that... This is being made up. That's expenses that I didn't have to put into making it happen. Because as I've mentioned this before, but we are a nonprofit. We are absolutely, this is absolutely no cost to nobody. If I had a, you know, there are somebody to be able to take and make the internet for me right now, or you know, some make it some app, make Zoom or Skype or those other names out there to make this things possible. You know, I've been in the red already, big time. For these, I'm pretty excited that these innovations have already happened and put have been put in place ahead of me. So I am interested this program with little cost to myself. And he's gone, and besides time involved to get this make things happen. But all these things that happen ahead of me, makes me so excited because the future is just me evolving, evolving. And who knows what, you know, first chat might be next 10 years. It may be considered like the modem. If you need to know what that is, look that up in the dictionary. You know. <laughs> hey, I know. Uh, I love that. It's it's so true. It's a, it's a brilliant idea that has taken on a life of its own because of its sustainability and its power. So, Jason, what about you? What gets you most excited? Um, I mean, most importantly about making a difference um, and that value um, translate it into practice in, in the context of trying to facilitate the quality of life, of, as you mentioned earlier, um, of both younger and older people is, is what it is all about, trying to make a difference to people's lives. And whether that's through research, whether it's through um, voluntary work, and obviously working with seniors for seniors, um, in making a difference to people's lives is about, you know, providing an alternative vision about what is possible um, and about what is possible is about bringing groups together, um, which traditionally perhaps would not necessarily have been, you know, as, 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 as aligned in the, the way and means by which, it, and I have to give Eric so much 
phenomenal credit in terms of his in terms of his authenticity of this of the scenes for seniors program um of what is possible in terms of older people having a voice and younger people having a voice and bringing those voices together as a collective um that builds capacity and builds confidence and can build obviously all kinds of different types of relationships um that obviously provides lessons for other cultures and other and, and other you know for example other countries in terms of how we how younger people and older people can interconnect meaningfully um so that's what really motivates me and that is about making a difference i your yes your passion is so palpable any any final words from you eric well i thank you guys for your time you know and as i said he found me i didn't do any book work for that jason as always you know much i appreciate you you know now, so I can tell you much of this guy's been to me. I've learned from him to his interactions as well as the future learn from him. And also for the people that are listening today that are thinking about joining our program, don't think about joining. There's no obligation to stay with us. So say you sign up and you thought, this is not just for me. That is absolutely fine. We're all individuals. That's why the course are interesting. I'm a very extrovert person. People are simply our major introverts. That's why we are different people. So try us out. Great. Well, I'll um have the information to get in touch with you. See it's seniorsforseniors.org, right? The- yes, seniors, okay. the number four seniors.org. That's correct. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. You've been listening to the Glowing Older Podcast. 